This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to this special end of season Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name's Tom Ward and I'm joined this evening by a trio of guests. So we've got Dave. Evening, Tom. Evening, mate. We've got Dean. Hey, chaps. And we've got Ross. Good evening, boys. Cheers for joining me, chaps, and cheers for taking some time out. I know there's uh, some playoff action on tonight, um, but over the next hour or two, we'll be looking back at all of the key moments from the 2021 season. We'll also be looking at Mark Robbins' retained list, which of course came out last week. And we'll also be doing the Sky Blues Extra Awards, which you, our followers, have been getting involved with all of this week. Um, so first things first, I'm actually going to hand over to Dean, um, who's going to cast our minds back to the summer of 2020, which wasn't the most normal of summers, was it, Dino? It, it wasn't, Tom, but I mean, first of all, delighted to be given the captaincy <laughs> from you for the first half of the pod. And I know that obviously you normally steer this ship, but you've got a bit of history of a, being a, a bit of a captain, haven't you? Do you want to tell everybody what you're up to at the weekend? Oh, yeah. Nice little, nice little weekend on the Norfolk Broads. As Lovely. you said, Dean, in preparation for the Fulham boat party, if that can yeah. happen. Getting the <laughs> getting the practice in ahead of that boat trip, which is yeah. which is going to be great. Uh, will it be a, a free free booze cruise like a previously advertised boat trip? Hopefully not. No? I don't want to get that much stick on the forum. <laughs> <laughs> Sky Blues Extra is enough, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, on to, on to your question. Yeah, last summer, I mean, it was a little strange, wasn't it? What, four, well, five or six months? between our last competitive yeah. matches and as, as fans obviously we were absolutely starved of, of supporting the Sky Blues and I know we had some friendlies and stuff but they don't really count in my book that's more sort of fitness and and you know team preparation it was all kind of looking ahead to that that first game of the championship season albeit we weren't actually going to be there in person uh, but heading into the season Dave what what were your kind of expectations going into it? Yeah, I think the expectations were 
to stay up, of course. Um, but I had a lot of confidence in the team because the performances that we showed in in the championship winning season, you know, um, we played some really good football and I always felt our football was more at home in the championship than it perhaps was in League One. So I had some expectations that we'd stay up um, and, you know, anything above that was a, was a bonus, really. Absolutely. It was a, obviously a revolving door at Wrighton as well. Uh, a few signings made, uh, either on permanent or, or on loan deals. O'Hare obviously came in permanently from, from Villa on a free. Fantastic bit of business that was. Uh, Gus Hamer, De Costa, Hilsner, Walker, all coming in on, on permanent uh, transfers. And the likes of Giles, Ostergaard, McCallum and Sheaf were brought in on loan. Uh, Ross, that, that business in the summer, obviously, as I just said, a, a revolving door, but was you happy with, with what we brought in? I think so. I, I certainly think at the time, I think there was a lot of excitement with, you know, O'Hare, certainly uh, Hamer coming in for, you know, a big reported, what, 1.3 million or something like that. So there was a lot of excitement. Ostergaard came in with a lot of sort of pedigree, you know, from the youth setup at Brighton. Uh, obviously, McCallum we knew, Giles we knew. Um, and then Tyler Walker on a permanent as well did bring a lot of excitement. Um, and then Hilsner and DaCosta were sort of, Unknown. So at the time, yes, I was very excited by all of them and thought that actually we'd done a good bit of business. We brought in and strengthened the areas that we needed to. And I was sort of excited to see how they'd all play out. Tom, do you, do you think we were lacking in, in any areas going into the season? Um, I don't think so, in particularly lacking in any areas. I think Robin's covered it pretty well. I think it was always going to be a tough summer of recruitment, wasn't it? Because, you know, we weren't obviously in the best financial situation, obviously, coming up into the championship and, you know, obviously we'd, as well as having no crowds this season, we haven't really had big crowds last season either, had we at St. Andrews? So yeah. I think we probably pulled together about the best sort of team and squad we could. Um, I think a mixture of excellent signings. I mean, I think O'Hare was a superb signing. Um, I think Hamer for the price we got him is a really good signing as well. Um, obviously players like Hilsner perhaps didn't quite live up to expectations, but I think if you're going out and signing ten players, then they're all going to work out perfectly. So, no, I think we I think we covered it pretty well. Um, you know, maybe you know maybe we could have had a be- you know an extra striker, a bit more quality, but yeah, we don't have those sort of luxuries really. So, no, I'm fairly happy with it to be honest. I don't think many teams have those luxuries though, do they? Coming up from from League One, it's it's kind of a, a grind um, in their first season back. So, it was kind of expected with what we got, um, but good business overall, definitely. Um, all right, let's look at the beginning of the season then because it was obviously a strange one starting in September and starting with the Carabao Cup to, to kick off the season up against MK Dons. Drosdale was sent off early in that one, but Walker spared our brushes and got us through to the next round. And then the big one, the league campaign started with a tough opening fixture versus Bristol. Uh, Ross, what a welcome back to the championship it was, conceding the first uh, 22 seconds, I think it was, and Jamie Patterson of, of all people. But, you know, not quite the start you'd want when when you're a newly promoted side. No, not at all, especially as as we touched on. It had been such a unusually big gap, hadn't it, between League One being curtailed and then obviously starting our championship campaign. It'd been nine seasons and I think we were all very, very excited. So I certainly was and it was sunny in Bristol and I remember watching it on iFollow and... And then, as you say, we got to a, not the best start in the world. I remember thinking, is this, you know, is it too early to put the laptop lid down? Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, am I done, as I'd say on this yeah. live after 21 seconds? No, um, it wasn't ideal. And it was sort of 
out of character, really. That was the last thing I was sort of expecting, you know, because you're thinking we're pumped up. You're thinking, I'm sure Robbins and the players are pumped up. And I don't know, it was sort of just a, it was just a bit crazy sort of thing. I've watched it, watched it back uh, not long ago. And it's just, I don't know, it was almost maybe the excitement. It just sort of overcame us in those early stages. But we did, we, you know, we responded very well. And the rest of the game, we were very unfortunate, really, I, I think, not to come away with the results. Definitely. That was a, that was a pretty tough loss to take, I think. Um, and I suppose a sign of things to come with, with quite a few games over the season, you know, after playing really well, but, but coming away with nothing. Uh, but Dave, I, I suppose that showed a, a glimpse of our ability against what was at the time, one of the, the playoff contenders. Yeah, no, exactly. But wasn't it just an immensely proud moment to see them yeah. back in lining up in the championship? And when that whistle when it was just it was just so good, wasn't it, to see Coventry City players in Coventry shirts in the championship? It was just, you know, I think back now and it, it was fantastic. And look, there was the the early goal, but we, we did show a glimpse of our ability. And I think that that's exactly what I said from from League One. We sort of continued that that football, and it's definitely more at home in this league. And and I think, like Ross said, we were we we're unlucky to perhaps not get something in in the end of that that fixture. Then another League Cup game was was squashed in between our, our two league fixtures. Uh, this this time versus Gillingham, Sky Blues defeated on the night on penalties. Kind of a blessing in disguise, really. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of cliche to say, but you say that about all cup games. But it was obviously going to be a grueling season in the league, uh, and we followed up that loss with a, a huge win against QPR in front of the Sky cameras. Uh, Tom, I'll come to you. How how much do you do you think that victory gave the team a bit of belief that we could play? and win at this level. Yeah, I think this win was absolutely massive. I think it's one of those where it was so long ago, we've almost forgotten about it a little bit as yeah. one of the season highlights, but I really think you can't underestimate the importance of this win. Um, I think there's that danger, isn't there, that if you, when you go up, you may, you know, you might not win a game for a few games and you get to like, I don't know, five, 10 games and you haven't won it. I think a lot, a lot of, and especially when our Coventry fans are like, you know, the, the pressure sort of mounts a little bit, doesn't it? Um, the negativity and things like that. So I think to come out and win that game on Sky on a Friday night, I think it was, I just, it, I think it just gave everyone a massive lift and a, and a real bit of confidence. I think we came from behind on the night as well, did we, Dean? Yes, yes, we did, went, yeah. They took the lead yeah. as well. So I think Penal- it was like... Another unforced error, a penalty, McFancy, yeah, well, wasn't it? Of course it, yeah. it was. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I think to come from behind as well um, to win the game, I think just showed not only do we have it in us to win games in the division, but also, you know, we can go behind and it's not the end of the world. And we've got, there's a bit of character in the team. So yeah. no, I think you can't underestimate that QPR game. That was a, that was a big win, big win. Massive. Yeah. And then uh, obviously a real tough run of fixtures. I mean, they're all hard fixtures in this division, um, but that it was a really, really tough run from, from there on in games against Barnsley, where we drew Bournemouth and Brentford were, were both losses. Another draw against Swansea. A humiliating defeat at home to, to Blackburn at losing 4-0 on the day and a 2-0 loss versus Middlesbrough. And then came along the unbeaten league, league, league leaders at the time in Reading. But a superb performance from the Sky Blues at St Andrews, again in front of the cameras and a timely three points on the board. And especially when we only picked up two from the previous six matches, Dave. Yeah, we did only pick up two, but it was, like you say, a really, really difficult 
period. Um, and, you know, you look back at those games even now, a draw against Swansea was, was good. I, I think we're probably not unlucky, but a bit naive in the Middlesbrough fixture. And, and Blackburn was just a write-off from losing, um, was it Dom Hyam? I'm, I'm trying to cast my mind back. But Rose, 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 sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, so early on that it was, it was, you know, the the, the right was on the wall, wasn't it? From from very early, really. Um, but the Reading game, just what a, a transformation! We seem to, have, we seem to always lift our game, don't we, against league leaders and and you know top performers, and we showed that at Swansea in that that month, and, and then of course at, at, at Reading and a couple of goals there that were up for early season, you know, goal of the season contenders. Absolutely, we'll come on to those a bit later on. Uh, the next couple of matches were against Forest and Watford. Now, these were two games that I thought we shot ourselves mightily in the foot. Two games we probably should have picked up six points from, never mind zero, Tom. Yeah, these these two were really frustrating. I think, especially the Forest game. I remember, yeah. you know, you sort of have that period of when you sort of get over a game and, you know, by like, I don't know, I know it's a midweek game, but I always think of it as like by Monday, Tuesday from a Saturday game, you're over it. But this one, this one took a little bit longer. Um, yeah, I think the Forest game especially was disappointing because I think we, if I remember rightly, we we dominated the second half, didn't we? Got ourselves yeah. back in the game with a great, great header from O'Hare. And we really looked like, you know, we definitely were worthy for a point, if not all three. Didn't quite have it, have enough to get all three. And then I think I remember it was a really poor pass by Biami, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And yeah. then their man gets through and it's, and I think, um, was it Fads? Fads with another, another, another enforced error. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that was a really, really tough one to take conceding that late on. And, and, and obviously against Forrest, who at the time were a real close relegation rival that felt like a real sort of kick in the teeth. Um, and then, you know, the Watford one, again, we didn't expect to get anything there. Obviously they, you know, pushing for promotion. Obviously they've now been promoted, but um, but I think the nature of the game and how it panned out, again, we, we dominated it in spells and did really well to get ourselves back into it. And I think we'll be 2-1 we'll be up at one point. Yeah. Was it 2-2? Two, two? I'm trying to remember the way where the goals went. But we were well in the game. Um, and again, we've just, just let it slip. So, yeah, these these two were, were tough to take, but I'd say the Forest one more so. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, following those two games, there was a 10-day international break, which seemed to come at a really, really good time for the Sky Blues because then following that was a, a run of form that was that was pretty much, you know, saved our season really in the in the middle of it. A uh, huge pickup of form. Draws against Birmingham, Norwich, Derby, Luton and Huddersfield with wins versus Cardiff, Rotherham and Wickham. Um, no defeats in that span of eight games, picking up crucial wins against those around us in the table. And those looking at other ambitions such as playoffs and 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 winning the league in Norwich, Ross, you know, picking up results against those types of teams is is absolutely crucial, isn't it, as well? Yeah, it was a huge, uh, a huge run of games, wasn't it? To go and beat and to sort of get those defeats out of our system, particularly as as Wardy touched upon, you know, the Watford and Forest defeats were real sucker punches, really. And I think you're totally right. The international break did seem to come at a good time because prior to that, we just seemed a bit like, despite looking at threat going forward, we, we just seemed pretty kamikaze sort of defensively shooting ourselves in the foot looking quite open and we came back only one winning nine in that period as well exactly tasting a lot of defeats and I don't think that was helped sort of anyone's confidence and obviously we came back from the international break and obviously it was the Birmingham game which I'm not sure if anyone told you but it was the uh, tenant versus landlord game Uh, I'm not sure they mentioned that uh, during (laughs) during the game but um, but that was obviously an important one because we hadn't been keeping clean sheets and I think that was a really 
we sort of made ourselves difficult to beat. And that, during that international break, whatever they did, we looked harder to beat. And of course, then picking up those big wins, like you say, Cardiff, backing that up with a draw against Norwich. These were valuable points. And every time, despite getting the draws against Derby and Luton, we always seem to follow it up with a good win. So Rotherham obviously followed Derby and then beating Wickham after Luton. It just, it, it gave us a good accumulation of points, which was, as you say, completely vital in our season. Dave, it was the return of Liam Kelly that seemed influential during this period of of of, uh, of results. How much did that help in it in achieving what we did? So, so much, didn't it? Early days, you know, without Liam Kelly, I think we just, we're very we're just very quite attacking minded and there's no one there to sweep up or mop up. And as we know, Liam Kelly does that so well. And he just, when he came back in, he was the glue that we needed just to stick that midfield to, together a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, fair enough, he proved to be a, a vital player, didn't he, in, in the Wickham fixture, but more, it just gave us that natural balance. I think we were quite young midfield without Liam Kelly in there. And I think that showed at times we were very naive of the ball pressing. We sat off players. Um, and once it, once it got past people, there was no one really there to protect the defense. And, and that's possibly why you saw these errors from fads because they were quite last ditch at times because yeah. they, they were under so much pressure because there was this a gulf in, in space as well that, that were behind the, the middle of the park. So Liam Kelly coming in for me was, was a, a massive part of this season because without him, I think we looked really, really naive, weak um, and just not very solid. He, he seems to just, you know, grab everyone together and, and get them playing as a unit in that middle of the park. Absolutely. Yeah. Following that, we, Went to an agonising 1-0 defeat versus fellow relegation candidates Sheffield Wednesday. A draw at Stoke, a loss versus Preston. Then it was the turn of Millwall in the new year where we ran out eventual 2-1 winners. Following that, a, a FA Cup defeat at Norwich and a defeat versus promotion chasing Reading. Then a run of games that you thought we had to really start picking up points in. And we did that with some really, really good performances versus Sheffield Wednesday running out 2-0 winners and a point against the landlords in Birmingham. And it was at that point, I think, Tom, where we started to look at those teams around us and, and knew we had to start getting points from those teams. Yeah, exactly. I think this is probably the point in the season where we started to really analyse, you know, the teams around us, like you said. And I think we started looking at, you know, games in groups of three and I think, you know, we we probably didn't expect to get that much away at Reading, but then, yeah, heading into these three, we knew we, we needed to definitely win one or two of these games. Um, luckily, we we kicked that little run off with a win against Sheffield Wednesday. That was an enormous game at the time. I remember yeah. I was all talking about it on the pod and saying, you know, if we lose this, we're going to get dragged right into it. And then we've got, you know, then the pressure's really on in the sort of Birmingham Forest games. Luckily, we won that, that game against Sheffield Wednesday. It was a really, really good win. Um, and the point at Birmingham as well was a was a decent result. Obviously, that was I think it was technically the away the away game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and then the Forest defeat was was all, was really disappointing um, at the time. But yeah, I don't know. I just felt like they were starting to pull away a little bit. I think the I think the Sheffield Wednesday win was was crucial in that in that little run of games. Um, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too, it wasn't too bad a points haul really overall. You mentioned Forest there, so it's really annoying that we we dropped six points to them in both those fixtures because you know it could have been completely reversed and, and taken six points, couldn't we? Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, and in both games we dominated the second half. We just couldn't. I remember the second half at St Andrews. We we were so when De Costa came on, wasn't it? He yeah, was whipping balls into the box, but 
we just couldn't couldn't put our chances away, um, which was which was really frustrating. But yeah, over a season for a team that sort of finished, did they finish below us in the end? I think they did. Just yeah, below us. they did. Yeah. yeah, you know, a team that finished in the bottom half of the table to to for them to do the double over is isn't isn't great, and I hope something we'll be looking to address next season. I would have thought. Absolutely, and following that. There was, a, again, a, another small run of fixtures that were going to be very difficult. Um, we did manage to, to get a point versus Watford, but then lost, losses to, to Cardiff and, and Norwich on the bounce put the pressure on going into a crucial game against Brentford. Now, Ross, talk to me about this match because it was a fantastic performance from the Sky Blues running out eventual 2-0 winners. Oh, it was. It was brilliant and probably at this point in the season, our, our best performance against a team who uh, were right up there. And, and it was the sort of result we needed because... Other teams like Rotherham and Wednesday, despite being below us at the time, they'd actually picked up the odd, like almost surprise results. I feel like we were we were due one of those. We didn't get what we deserved against Watford. We should have beat them. We were better than them on that day. Um, and obviously a couple of dis- disappointing defeats followed that. But the Brentford win was was superb. Wearing the special one-off kit, wasn't it? And um, yeah. I always feel like if we can get a win, when when we're wearing a kit once, I, I think <laughs> I don't you know I want it to be a lucky shirt. So obviously we, we got the win on that, but uh, it was a brilliant performance, and it was everything that the previous few games hadn't been. We were sort of we we, we pressed them. We actually played Brentford almost at their own game, and we and we got the better of them. And you wouldn't wouldn't have told on that on that showing which team were sort of fighting relegation, which one were fighting for playoff slash automatic. And it was a all round from goalkeeper to Tyler Walker up front and, and Max Biamu. It was a brilliant performance, but it was a win that we really desperately needed at that point. Absolutely, and you know, I keep saying it: the the fixtures don't get any easier. Um, it was a loss to Swansea following that, and a draw against Blackburn. Another loss to Middlesbrough, but we did manage to pick up a win versus Derby who are really, really struggling at this point of the season. Another loss followed at Luton, a really toothless performance from the Sky Blues on, on that occasion. And then a game against Wickham, which was was, was so important, uh, and we only managed to, to, to get a point from that. A humiliating defeat against QPR followed, then a big win versus Bristol, uh, where we, we ran out of eventual 3-1 winners. But then following that, we couldn't capitalise on that good performance, and, and we ran out. Uh, 4-1 we ran out to a 4-1 defeat at Bournemouth following that and that meant it was a nervous end to the season and the biggest game of the season was to follow it was nervy it was tense versus Rotherham but a huge goal from Ostergaard sealed the biggest three points of the season would you say they were the biggest three points Dave? Yeah, absolutely. And just what a performance, because it was that period where you didn't know what Sky Blues were going to turn up, especially if it was the one that turned up against QPR, um, or would it be the one that turned up against Bristol? Um, we didn't needn't to worry, did we? Because it was just from the get-go, the pace of the game, we set it, we were in their faces, very much like when we beat Brentford, we were right at it and, and it was really, really important. But it was nervy, but I always felt that we had the measure of them that evening. I just hoped it wasn't going to be us ruin missed chances like we have so many times in that season I think that's sometimes what let us down with the quality but uh, amazing goal from Ostergaard even better celebration and uh, just the big yeah biggest three points of the season because it, it just changed it then the, the whole mood I can imagine in the camp but definitely with, with the support was just from then on I felt like that was it we were we you know still worked to be done but everything looked a lot more positive didn't it yeah, we were definitely edging closer to that magic, you know, 50 points that everyone wanted to get, um, even though I thought it was probably going to be a little bit less. And 
less than that. Um, a lot was made that night, though, wasn't it? Of, of obviously Rob Rum's fixture piled up, but I don't think that made any difference, did it? Really? No, not not in the end. But you know, it was. That, I think that's why it was so important that the intensity we showed that game was was there because they were going to have a big run of fixtures, and they let's be honest, they just couldn't cope with us on the night. Um, you know, O'Hare just. Every, absolutely everywhere it was just so tenacious wasn't it and it was just yeah. it was fantastic to see in which could have been a game where it, it was a show of character I think that that's where you really need you needed people to stand up and I think there's a little bit in the Coventry fans it's certainly in my mind worried that would they you know would they just freeze and and, and sort of rabbit you know caught in headlights but not at all not not at all on that evening it was um an absolutely fantastic performance and and the result you know the performance deserved the result that they got absolutely um and you know up to this point we'd never gone back to back all season with wins and then a bit like buses when you're waiting for one two come along at once and in fact three of them came along with winning against Barnsley and Stoke and that turn of form really cemented our place in the in the division Tom didn't it yeah, I think this is probably our most pleasing sort of run in the whole season. Um, I think, you know, what we talked about a lot was when we had that great win against Brentford, we just didn't carry it into the next games um, after that, which was really frustrating. Um, you know, even after the the Bristol win, oh, I know we played Bournemouth, but we, we just couldn't get any momentum going. Um, yeah. But, you know, to be able to carry the momentum from that Rotherham win and, like Dave was saying, you know, the, the confidence and the, the good feeling around the dressing room, we definitely took that into the Barnsley game. I know they probably didn't have their their best day out on the pitch, but yeah, that was a, that was an absolutely fantastic win. And the Stoke game, I mean, what, a, what an unbelievable game of football that was. <laughs> probably, again, one of the slightly underrated games of the season, really. Um, that was brilliant. And that I know it wasn't mathematical, but it felt like it pretty much cemented our our place in the in the championship. So, yeah, great to see us like follow it up and um, great to see your carer score that goal at, at Stoke as well because he really deserved that from his performances over those games. You said momentum there. I mean, that's probably the, the most disappointing thing of the season for me. We never carried that the momentum we got from wins other mm. than that, that period after the international break. We never carried that on at many parts during the season. That's frustrating, isn't it? But, but I suppose that comes with experience as well. Yeah, I think it's a bit of experience, a bit of quality as well. I think, you know, I think the championship's a really tough league, isn't it? Because, you know, you, you you can have, you know, you can win a couple of games, but you'll only be, you know, you'll have a, a really tough opponent around the corner at any minute. Like, you know, I was saying we played Bristol and then we had to play Bournemouth straight after and that's just such a tough game away at yeah. Bournemouth. And also um, in close proximity, aren't they? You know, they're yeah. just so, the calendar's mm. so relentless as well. That it, it, it It's hard, isn't it? I think sometimes to continue that, that keep going. Yeah, exactly. You look at the calendar in that period when we, when we did play well. I mean, it was what, some of the like seven games in like 24 days or something like that. That's just ridiculous. It's very yeah. hard to maintain that level of performance needed to, to, yeah. to do well in this league. Yeah, definitely. But I think I think there's something that, that Robins will be looking to work on in the, in the summer is, um, well, definitely cutting out individual mistakes, which you've talked about a lot. But also, you know, how can we put, you know, runs together, it, even if it's, you know, draw, like, you know, if you draw a couple of games, then win a game, as we said, that, that run of eight really sort of, you know, gave us a platform in the season. So if we can do that a bit more consistently, then, you know, we'll, we'll certainly be a lot more comfortable. We might even be flirting with the playoffs. So that's definitely got to be the aim. And then it was the tail end of the season. Uh, we did, we did fall to a one nil defeat versus Preston, drew against Huddersfield and then a big performance 
and a big win to cap off a fine season returning to the Championship. A lovely way to bow out on the campaign, Ross. A 6-1 victory versus Millwall. Oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? And I think, uh, especially earlier on, maybe six games prior, we sort of felt like that game against Millwall certainly could have been a case of we need to win to make sure we survive. Um, so get to go into this game, sort of knowing that we were already safe. Um, and it was just great, wasn't it? The, the shackles were off and they played with confidence and all the chances we'd sort of been missing earlier in the season. We we were in the right place, you know, the, the right place at the right time. And we scored some good goals, played some really good football. And it was a great way to sort of finish the season and, and ultimately finishing from the last six games of the season to be the second most informed team just shows, as we you know we were all talking about, if you can put some good results together back to back, then suddenly you jump up unbelievable amounts in the championship. And had we done that a couple more times, who knows where we might have been. But I mean, 16th place finish and a 6-1 win to finish off the season was was a, was a brilliant ending. Absolutely. This uh, sky was ended in 16th, as, as Ross alluded to there. Won 14 matches, 13 draws and, and just 19 defeats. And that's our highest finish since the 2005 2006 season, ending 12 points clear of relegation. Uh, let's look at some of the key stats. Um, Tyler Walker ended up this uh, with the top scorer, the golden boot at the club with eight goals. There was 13 clean sheets, Morosi with three, Wilson with nine of those. 49 goals scored, 61 against, which was the, the third worst in, in the division. But a, a key stat for me was that we only spent two days in the bottom three all season. I mean, that's that's terrific for a, a team newly promoted from from League One. Um, Dave, I'll come to you first. What 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 were your kind of overriding thoughts on on how the season went in the end? I think there was some nervy, nervy times, wasn't there? And <laughs> people looking over their shoulders, but ultimately, just a really, really fantastic first season back in the Championship. And I think everyone. To, to themselves was, was a credit you know I think everyone at times had to do a job everyone was um, you know not not always brilliant but I think a lot of people have stepped up and I think a year in the championship is certainly going to put a lot of people in you know good stead for, for, for next year and you know the one that got me there was just the one to two days like you say in the bottom three that's just it's it's amazing but also the clean sheets you know you look at Wilson um, trying to cement his, his place in the team you know, nine clean sheets and, and some of them were against some really good opposition. So, um, you know, when you look at the stats, yeah, the top goal scorers doesn't read that great. And I think we had a bit of struggles, but some of them, we can see a lot of goals. It would be interesting to know broken down about how many of them we sort of brought on ourselves really. Cause I think that probably will, would have, would have not halved it, but would have shaved at least 10, 15% off of that, that 61. Absolutely. There wasn't many teams with with a high amount of, of clean sheets. I mean, Ben Wilson ended up in 14th place with the clean sheets. So, and the highest was was Freddie Woodman with 20. So, that's. I mean, I think that's a really, really good return considering how many mistakes we made as well at the back. You think yeah. back? Uh, and he obviously season. wasn't permanent throughout the, you know, although be it a lot, but he wasn't permanent throughout the whole season, was he? So, um, yeah, definitely a really good, good achievement from him. Uh, Ross, was there any kind of disappointments for you? over the season I mean I guess probably just the injuries to certain players yeah. you know it was a shame to see the likes of Dabo you know even at the end of the season yeah and throughout he just couldn't get couldn't get going could he and it was the same with Rose I feel um they both and had Godden. injuries and and Godden I mean 
I feel like our injury list. I mean, and, and, and Kelly, just, and, and, and Kelly. I mean, the, <laughs> keep the list. Going. Is, they keep going. The, the list is uh, is endless, and we. I think that just adds another sort of you know accolade to Robbins and the players for finishing where we did. You know, considering the injuries we had, you know, Godden, we'll never know how many goals he could have scored, but he started the season very well, didn't he? And Dabo, he could just never get quite going before he'd sort of break down with another injury again. Kelly, as we've already spoke about, I remember Wardy put up the stats a few games ago of when he plays in the team to compare when he doesn't. I mean, I just think that's probably the biggest disappointment just for those players individually who had great seasons in League One, who just were not able, uh, through no fault of their own, to, to sort of build on that last season. Tom, anything to add add to that? Yeah, no, I echo what, what both chaps have been saying there. I think, yeah, looking at the stats, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I think the the clean sheets are really impressive. I think Wilson's had a really good good season. I think the thing that I'm surprised by is what you said around our highest finish since 2005, 2006. I'm trying to work out whether whether we've had a good season or whether the the last five years in the championship were that miserable and that <laughs> awful. <laughs> they were. They're all like 17th, 18th. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, obviously, until we went down, but it's, but it's that's I think that's a that's an accolade in itself because you know we said the championships changed a hell of a lot since we were last there, yeah, in terms of the finances and things like that. And you know, we're, we're it's, it's such a bigger fight now than it used to be, and it's definitely more competitive, isn't it? You could see that this year the, the quality is, has risen exponentially, I think, yeah, exactly. The quality's risen that the finances involved now, you know, some of the I mean, what was it when we played Bournemouth, I think. Begovic alone is paid more than our entire squad. You know, I mean that that's just madness, isn't it? One player. He's on the um, same weekly wage as you, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish. Um, so yeah, so you know, we're we're right up against in that respect. So I think to finish 12 points clear, to finish above teams like Bristol City, Forest is is a great achievement. Um, and yeah, I'll just echo what Ross said really. The, the, the injuries were were a massive disappointment, but you know, it didn't didn't seem to phase us too much. We've we got through fine. I think, you know, you remember back, I can't remember when it was back a few months ago when I think Biamu was probably our only fit striker for a bit. And, you know, it was a bit touch and go whether we could, you know, really put a good side out. But, you know, we got through it fine and, and he's contributed as well. So, yeah, can't really, can't really complain too much. Well, that concludes my little look back on the, the 2021 season, our first season back in the Championship. A successful season for the, for the Sky Blues and, and long may it continue. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We're now going to move on and discuss Martin Robbins' retain list, which of course came out last week. Uh, we'll start with the good news. Um, new contracts were offered to Liam Kelly, Carl McFazdeen, Jody Jones, Dom Hyam, and Ben Wilson. Um, Dave, what did you think of the news on the, the new contracts? Yeah, great. Good news all round, wasn't it? Liam Kelly, who I think we're really going to need him again, his experience. We, we spoke earlier on in the pod about how much he improved the squad when he came in and, and, and the match day performances because he was just, he's solid in that middle and you know what you're going to get from him, Mr. Dependable, and he'll he'll drag everyone along with him as well to make sure they up their performances and, and are all in position. I think when you sometimes got a few of the younger kids in their positions drop and in the championship, it takes seconds, doesn't it, to be out of position and concede a goal. Jody Jones for me is a massive one. I think he's got a lot in his locker. Um, yeah, he's gone up what two leagues since he's played now, is it? Um, yeah, apart from yeah. he's had some some appearances, I know, and they would have been mainly League Cup games. Um, but 
I, I think there's a real player there and his pace is frightening. His his skills are frightening. And I just think that he is going to be some impact if he can get back to the sort of fitness that he showed, you know, and the skill that he showed before he's had these these terrible, terrible injuries. And I think it's a massive credit to, to him to be able to come back from them. But I also think it's a good show from, from Mark Robbins about how much he thinks Jody Jones can offer because there has been some players that are, you know, fully fit and have put in a really good shift in the championship. And I know there might be some wage, um, you know, differences there, but it shows to me Mark Robbins really, really keen to keep him around and and have him involved once he once he gets fit. Yeah, well, um, I think it's a it's a credit to Jody, isn't it, in terms of obviously how well he must be doing on the training pitch for Mark Robbins to have that much faith in him. And I think a lot of the stuff he's done in the community as well, because I think you know he hasn't just sort of moped around, has he? He's really you know done what he can to help. I know he's doing a lot around mental health and things like that. So he's really sort of focused his energy into other areas of the club, hasn't he, while he's been injured? And I think that's been sort of appreciated by Mark Robbins, hasn't it? As well as yeah, exactly. Ability. And, you know, we're, we're hugely appreciative. Obviously, he came on and, and helped us with the FIFA tournament competition. Yeah, exactly, and, yeah. But it just goes to show, uh, you know, the clubman that he is and and what the community means to him. And that he's he's just a really nice lad, isn't he? And and that's what I, I got from, especially when he helped us with that that charity event, with with the money being raised for for Mind, of course, the, the mental health um, awareness charity. So, yeah, I think that was that that was brilliant. And, and also Dom Hyam, I think at times he showed himself to be an out and out championship players at time he showed his sort of league one status I think and and he's sometimes been caught out by the pace but but all in all I think he's had a really really solid season and and Ben Wilson likewise you know he stepped up to the plate Um, a lot of people wasn't sure what they're going to see from from Ben Wilson in in the championship Um, not sure how keen he was to command his box of course and, and, and items like that but I think he's just I think he's done a really really good job and he gave Mark Robbins a really big headache with with him and Morosi and um and of course McFadden yeah he's you know guilty of a few errors and he'll put his hands up but he he is some some absolute on the pitch he drags again a bit like Kelly people through uh, and he's a massive massive you know character in the changing room and you're going to need that because it gets tough out there in the championship and if you've just got a squad of youngsters um when the chips are down it can be hard to to you know get people to drag you along and and get you out of that and i think at times mcfadzine has has told people when they need to be told this season mm. and, and you need that because you've got to have those levels we heard about michael doyle who, who used to speak in on the pitch he always kept those levels uh, and that's what players like Liam Kelly and, and McFadden do. So super, you know, super that they're they're still involved and, and are going to be around again for another season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dean, were there any sort of surprises for you on that list, or do you see it as kind of good work behind the scenes to to get these lads signed up on longer deals? Yeah, pretty much echo what Dave was saying. I mean, the Liam Kelly one for me is is so important. Uh, one just to see what kind of Liam Kelly pajamas will be on offer. <laughs> in the club shop come Christmas. Um, hopefully there'll be a new, that, don't we? hopefully there'll be a new design uh, for for Christmas twenty one. So yeah, I'm a lot of anti freeze with it. I think you get <laughs> oh, yeah. a jug of it, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure you're supposed to drink it though. Um, the fads, the McFadden one again. I mean, who who would have who would have thought we'd be sitting here now saying that Fads was one of our standout performers last uh, last season? We we all said at the start of the season, there's no way Fads his first choice and he ended up being first choice pretty much the whole way through the season. So that's, that's testament to him. 
Jody Jones, um, nothing. To, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested to see how he steps up to the championship. A bit like Dave, he's exciting. Um, but you know, if it, if he doesn't perform, then it's only a year, and it's, it's one of those. You know, we might gain something from it, uh, but there's not, no loss to it either. Um, but the big one for me was Wilson. I mean, that was a bit of a surprise, if I'm honest. Um, I think he's done okay, not great, but he's done okay. Uh, a few dodgy moments, like like obviously, like all keepers tend to have during a season. But I think that deal says a lot about the state of the finances we've got at the club and what we can actually afford to do in the summer. Robbins obviously feels he needs to strengthen in other areas, mm. and he doesn't have to go and put a signing on fee to to a couple of new keepers. You know, people have been calling for two new keepers this summer. Mm. That would have been surprising if that happened anyway. Yeah, and, that's interesting, and, Dean. I mean. Uh, but do you feel like do you feel like that's I mean you, one way of looking at it is that it's actually it's ambitious by Mark Robbins in that he wants Wilson as his number two and he wants to bring a new keeper in and I think Wilson's far more than capable as a number two. Um, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I guess there's that way of looking at it. Um, he's not necessarily wanting Wilson as the number one, um, but yeah, I suppose time will tell. I don't think he will be number one next season. Mm. I think someone will will come in. Um, there's there's talk of Morosi leaving because there's there's interest from other clubs. So if that can happen, good good luck to Marco. Um, he's doing he's done well for us in in the couple of years he's been with us. Um, but yeah, obviously Robbins must be interested in in keeping Wilson at the club. Um, so and it, obviously he relied upon relied upon him various times during the season. And obviously he dropped Marco as well at, at times to who we all thought was 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 the number one to to put Wilson in in between the sticks. So um yeah for me it's surprising but I can see the reasoning behind it. Mm. I think that save at Stoke might have earned him the contract, do you know? Which one was that? I can't remember that. Oh uh, the oh the, 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 the bit, Yeah the David Seaman esque one. I wonder if the contract had been written out at that point. Probably if, uh, or yeah. if they did it that night. Maybe, yeah. But yeah. But you know, but you know, I think my point with that is is like he's he's improved so much this season and maybe Robbins, you know, sees it in him to improve again. And obviously Alad Williams is doing really good work with him. Um and he, you know, he could be a great sort of number two for us. And he's never had a, a full season, has he, in mm. actually playing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's interesting to see his thoughts on that, you know, getting a, a big run in the in the team as well. So mm. Um, it's interesting times with the keepers. I always, yeah. I always kind of feel like you need a lot of experience in the championship. You know, the the good teams always have an experienced goalie, yeah. um, and and that counts for a lot. You look at the likes of Tinkrell this year, um, you know, Begovic at, at Bournemouth as well. So they're the teams that are doing well, and they've they've all got an experienced goalie yeah. uh, in the sticks. Yeah, Ross, what do you make of the the goalkeeping situation? I I actually think. When I saw Wilson being signed a new deal, for me that 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 points to he's going to be the number two. He was he was brought in as the backup keeper, and I think they are tying him down for another year. And I think the aim is to bring in a new number one. And though you know the new keeper, let's assume maybe gets a three year deal. There's obviously been rumours. I think I think Morosi is. I think I think Mar- Robbins has made his decision on uh, Morosi. I, I think I'm sort of surprised, like Dina says, but then I don't think Ben Wilson is going to start. I think there'll be a new goalkeeper. I think Wilson is happy. I think are you happy being backup? Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, and he, he showed that he's a capable backup. You know, yeah. 
he came in when he hadn't played any minutes. We all of us were like, you know, I, I know I was. I was sort of thinking, I don't know what this guy's going to be like. You know, I think I'd seen him against Peterborough in that second preseason friendly game, and he he made a bit of a howler, and that was the only time I'd seen him. So I, I think people were a bit nervous, and he came in. And I think sort of, but I think by the end, he Robbins had more trust in him than he did Morosi. And I think ultimately that's why they're giving him a new deal. But I think they will be looking to bring a number one. I'd be shocked if we didn't sign a new, a new number one. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, a few departures also for the Sky Blues, most notably Max Biamu and Amadou Bakayoko moving on from the club. Quite sad to see these go, Ross. They, you know, they gave a lot, didn't they, in their time at the Sky Blues? They did. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was. It just shows a lot, didn't it? The club created those sort of like highlight reels for them both, um, and they both gave a lot. And, and the difference is, and I was thinking about this, you know, especially in my time, you know, supporting the, the club, we've always sort of regressed and gone backwards. We've never developed. So when other players have left us, it's because their sort of their journey is sort of outdone us. Do you know what mm, I mean? We've gone yeah. backwards. And they've left. Whereas in the last four seasons, there's been a change and actually we're improving as a club again. We're on a journey going, going forwards and actually credit to Max Biamu, especially him, Liam Kelly, Dom Hyam and John Shipley. They've been on this four year journey with us. And obviously Mark Robbins and the recruitment team see that actually we've taken him on the journey with us as far as we can. And I'm sad to see him go because he gave absolutely everything. I, I would have loved him to have been, of course, you know, given another a year and see him at a packed, you know, country building society arena. But I think ultimately, you know, I, I trust Mark Robbins and he obviously knows and, you know, ultimately thinks we need to improve and, you know, constantly improve in the striking department and across the the, the pitch. And it goes the same for Amadou Bakayoko, really. I mean, he was, he started the season probably third choice and, Biamu yeah. overtook him. And I think it, the writing was on the wall for Bakioko for the majority of the season. But again, they both leave with great memories created, of course, for Bakioko, the, the brace at the Valley against Charlton. Uh, yeah. That really sort of made him because he came in, of course, you know, and he got a bit of grief, didn't he, at early doors because yeah. everyone yeah. thought we were signing Chaplin. And then he came in on the day mm. before the season started. And, you know, it took a bit of time. He was sort of the, you know, the typical Sky Blues boo boy for a little while until that Charlton game and then he became a bit of a cult hero with a 20 goals song uh, and then of course Max Biamu I can't mention him without sort of you know the Notts County brace in the second leg and I think I think back to this journey you know we've all experienced with the team the last four seasons that second leg away at Notts County was absolutely massive I, I, I think and that goal biggest, as well Ross I mean, those, that, oh that goal that opening was, goal you know, you could argue is was a turning point in our history. Oh, I, I completely agree. I think that that goal was absolutely massive, and every, everything we've done afterwards wouldn't have happened had it not been for that game. I mean, the the final itself, of course, was when we got promoted. But I felt we got promoted in that semi final. Yeah. You know, yeah. I felt confident on the final. It was that second game, and for Biarmid to score a brace, but he scored important goals every season, like even in League One. He scored the winner against Bolton. He scored a goal against Southend, came on with O'Hare and changed the game. He's always contributed at every level. And the biggest thing I can, you know, compliment I can pay him really is every season he's been written off by by supporters and he's had to re-approve himself again and again and again. And even this season, it looked like he was surplus to requirements and what came in. And then for a portion of the season was leading the line on his own you know, with injuries and scored important goals. Yes, he missed chances, but he gave nothing but his very best. And I'll, uh, I'll miss him, but, you know, I hope to see him at the uh, at the stadium next season. Hopefully he can come back and give him a great reception. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, you're absolutely spot on, Ross. I think that it's interesting what you said about how the club is sort of growing quicker than some of these players. Like you say, it's not a position we've been in for a while. Um, and because they've been with us on that up trajectory, there's just been so many great memories. So it's a slightly different feeling to normal when when you see the sort of retain this, isn't it? We're usually a bit like, well, he wasn't very good or exactly. you know, they, they haven't contributed much to our Oh, you know, well, there wasn't any success to contribute towards, but um, it was that sort of feeling. But it's slightly different this time. I mean, you think about Bacchus scoring away at Sunderland and like there's just so many, you know, memories for both those players. So, yeah, slightly different to, to normal, isn't it, really? Do you not think it's a little bit risky, though, you know, losing both of those, especially when you, in the back of your mind, you've got Matty Garden, who hasn't come through this season very well with with injuries. Effectively, we've got one and a half strikers now at the club. I think- but my view on it, I think it's probably just a testament to, I mean, to, to Chris Baddell and what he's doing. I mean, we know, having spoken to, you know, Dave Body and various people that, you know, they plan the transfers 12 months in advance. They'll have a list of targets. So I think it just shows that Mark Robbins is going to be quite ambitious this summer. That's that's what how I, I agree. feel anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I perhaps agree. the confidence in their, you know, their recruitment process and and to let, to let them players go. Because like you say, it wouldn't have, been the the most costly thing to do to have um, triggered extensions mm. would it so it, it just must show you um and hopefully the confidence that they've got you know in in that in that recruitment that's gonna that's gonna happen. or they can see someone coming through I mean, is it Tavares is it yes um, he's got a hat-trick didn't he for the under 23s yeah, I mean, against Cardiff and you know is he someone that they're looking at who can p- push his way through and maybe be fourth choice next season who knows but I think it'll de- there'll definitely be some targets lined up for sure um, time will tell. Um, a few loan departures, of course, which you know we were expecting. Uh, Matty James, Ben Sheaf, Sam McCallum, Victor Jokeres, and Leo Ostergaard all went back to their respective parent clubs. Um, Dave, who from that list would you be looking to sign up in the summer? Yeah, I think we've heard a lot, haven't we, since you know going on air tonight and recording, and and between the end of the season, that players that perhaps won't won't be signing. But we've heard how much McFadden and has been trying to convince Ostergaard to to come back, whatever way that is, on loan or or as a, a permanent because of his contract ending at Brighton. But I'd join McFadden, drive him to Matty James's house, and me and Carl McFadden could stand outside with a banner to to get Matty James to sign because he he's the one for me that would be a vital vital summer signing not sure if it's going to happen um just yet the other one for me is McCallum I just think the left back position is such a tricky position um to go out and find I know we've got uh is it Josh Reed isn't it that um is Josh Reed yeah um well, yeah. he's quite ready yet we're not and, sure and, but... and, and what yeah you know what's the the status on him I guess and I know he obviously had an injury as well. So it'd be interesting to see that. But I just think that left-back position could be so tricky to to sometimes find a player. McCallum, you know, knows a lot of the, the lads. He, he's been around the Skydreams dressing room now for a long, long time. Probably not premiership ready. And and he's, he's one I'm really hopeful if we if we can. Who knows that there's a, probably other, a whole host of teams willing to take him on loan if, if that's what happened and Norwich decide to do that. But at the same time, I think local knowledge sometimes goes some way to, to that. And um, he'll, you know, Norwich will know he'll be playing under Mark Robbins. I mean, Mark Robbins would, would play him if he had one leg. Um, I think he absolutely loves uh, Sam, but time will tell, and, and, and I'm not sure. Uh, but they would be the two for me. Um, you know, Ostergaard's a given, but McCallum and James for me would be we absolutely huge. 
And other departures from the club um, included Dan Bartlett, Jordan Young, Joe Newton, Morgan Williams, and to Dean's absolute disgust, Jordan Thompson. Um, how are you feeling, Dean? I can't believe you brought it up, to be honest. Um, I've, <laughs> just about, I've just about got over it. I have to go back uh, onto that couch with a, with a lady telling me to read out my thoughts out of my head. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I talk, I, I, the rest, I understand. Thompson, I feel is a little bit of a mistake just because he's got some raw ability that needs nurturing. Um, but I think what goes against all these lads is that we're now in the championship and yeah. we're looking to kick on. And and that goes for, for all of them, really. You know, there's going to be limited opportunities to get a chance at this level. And one of the big issues we've said all season is that there's been a lack of experience and you're not going to chuck these lads in, you know, at crucial times during the season, unless you're very, very, very good. So also attracting I, youth Dean as well, because you'd like you say, we're now not an established, but we're a, you know, a championship squad before when we brought players in, you know, either through the ranks or into the under 23s or under 18s, you were probably poaching from around the areas. And I know we'd had a look at Scotland and stuff like that, but perhaps, you know, it, we just look a little bit more for, for people to come to the to the team, you know, to come to the squads, come to the club. We're a little bit more, you know, just a bit more attractive in that aspect as well, wouldn't you say? So that's probably why you know players like that perhaps are are leaving. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. Um, yeah, we, you know, there will be interest now. You know, Coventry City is is a bit well, what we think is a big name in football anyway. But now we're in, back in the Championship, more people will look at us. Um, it's as simple as that. I still feel like we're 18 months ahead of where we should be. Um, I don't think we expected to be in the championship this season. It's a long-term plan at the club. Um, but, you know, we we did so well in that League One season. You know, we, we are where we are because we were good enough at the time. And these these lads were obviously brought into sort of the academy setup and, and given contracts when we were at, you know, at that stage of, of our development. So I think... It's just a time issue for these guys. Uh, some of them, um, you know, Morgan Williams has had a, a few outings as well, hasn't he? So he's an, he's another one who 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 might have thought there might have been a, a future at Coventry City, but alas, it, it's, it's not to be. Yeah, it's tough, tough for those young lads, isn't it? Especially, you know, it's a bit like what Ross was saying. The club's kind of outgrown some of these players and. We've just developed so quickly. It's it's always going to be tough, but good to see that we still bring in those you know young lads into the the twenty threes and the under eighteens, and you know I guess they'll be the odd sort of rising star that we can we can pick out of there. Um, next question I'm going to ask you lads is to pick your top three positions to prioritise for the summer. I know you could probably we could probably spend all night picking an eleven to sign in the summer, but um, Dave, I'll start with you. What, what top three positions would you would you be looking at? I think I think if if the writing's on the wall from Rossi, we're going to need to to sort a goalkeeper out. I still feel like we need something up top. We need we need a little bit of pressure. It'd be great to see Matty Gordon get a full season back in the championship because Ross said earlier on, you know, he did start he did start the championship season really well and he looks for me positive and, and able and comfortable to score score goals at this level but I do think we need some more goals up there and I think we're going to have to plug that middle of the gap it's going to be a really long season for for Kelly to try and do that role on his own and I think at times this season we just saw how um, short we were at times when we didn't have that sort of defensive older head and an experienced player in the middle of the park so that would be what what I'd be trying to sort this this um, 
this year. I, I think that's there with the keys. You know, I think yeah. the key to our second part of our season performance was Matty James coming in. He just gave us such an assured um, feel, I think, in, in the middle of the park. And with that leaving and, and Kelly perhaps, you know, it's a relentless season uh, in the championship. I think that's a, a hole that's going to have to be plugged because I think if you go back to that youth, you'll start to very quickly get overrun. And I think that's a, where a lot of the, the games have been won and lost, in, in, especially in our season, but everyone's championship seasons. Yeah, so you're going goalkeeper, centre-mid, striker. Uh, Dean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, keeper, uh, definitely. And I'm going to go with a centre-half. Um, obviously, Ostergaard would be a, a surprise return. Um, I can't see Drysdale being amongst the starters. Hopefully, Rose will come back in after injury. Um, but there'll still be a gap there because Fads is, is another year older and he, he, he can't play all the games. It's as simple as that. So another another centre-half for me and an attacking midfielder. I, need, I think we need someone to share the burden with, with O'Hare. And for all O'Hare's, you know, Brilliant stuff this season. Obviously, we'll come on to him during the awards later on. But there was times where he just looked fatigued. He, you know, he, he'd run all game. You know, if we've got someone else to replace, uh, replace him during the second half of games, you know, we might manage to to create something um, in in those you know 10, 15 minutes towards the end of a match. Or if he insists on playing the one up top, then we've got someone else to play in with O'Hare. Yeah, uh, yeah, behind them. So, um, I think that would have been Shipley or Allen this season. Both of them really didn't come to to the picture for me. So, I'd like to see someone some someone come in in, in that position. Yeah, he played a hell of a lot of minutes, didn't he? I heard this year. Was he involved in every single game? I read played somewhere? in every game. I think it was six substitute appearances or something like yeah, that. So, so he's played a lot of minutes. Hell of a lot of football for 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 a young lad, and to keep his. Obviously, he's obviously got a high level. Um, they wants to achieve and to keep that going for every single game for 90 minutes is, is ridiculously hard even yeah. for, for a young guy. So just someone to share that burden for mm. me, I think is, is critical. Ross, what are your thoughts? I'd agree with the goalkeeper. I think a, a, an, an experience, you know, top quality, number one, uh, I think we need a left wing back. We, we haven't got anybody now, you know, with McCallum, obviously he's gone back. Uh, I think we need a, I think it'd be good to have someone who's permanent, you know, um, you know, first team sort of left wing back coming into the club. We've obviously had loans in previous seasons. Uh, we may well get another loan again. I'm not sure how close this Josh Reed will be to the, the starting 11, but I think a left back for me, a goalkeeper. And then I'd, I'd, I'd agree. I think a, a striker, I think we do need a, a we do need some more goals. Um, well, we just lost two. So we're going to need at least one. Well, well, that's, well, that's it. I mean, it was a shame. It was just the top three positions because of the loans going back. I want a centre mid and a centre back as well, but I, they'd be my top three. I think a goalkeeper, a left back and a, and a striker. And just thinking about who they could be, Dean, you, you watch your fair share of football this season. Is there anyone in particular you've got your eye on that you think should be on our list? Yeah. And I think sort of the whole transfer, um, situation this season is going to be very interesting over the mm. summer. I mean, lots of teams are, are in financial difficulty. Lots of players being released already. I mean, you look at the, the retain list across the championship, there's just players being thrown amongst the, the scrappy. The whole squad, didn't they? Pretty, pretty much. much, yeah. I mean, it's absolutely bonkers. I don't think I've ever seen a retained list um, of released players so so big. Uh, and there's still teams to yet to, to commit to that. Um, on top of all that, you know, we've got Brexit. That's going to cause a lot of issues with teams looking outside of the UK. 
for players, you know, in, in regards to work permits and visas, etc. So I think it's going to be a strange one. And I don't think teams are going to be offering the wages that there might have been the case, you know, 18 months or so. You know, players will have to drop their demands as well. So there might be a few bargains to be had, um, that's for sure. In regards to Sky Blues, um, you know, we, we've heard there might be a little bit more cash, but we're still operating on it, obviously, on a shoestring as well. So I've gone for players that are either available on a free or with a fee attached, but, you know, kind of not breaking the bank. So let's start with gutting goal. Um, looking at Christian Walton, obviously there's already, already talk of us being in negotiations with, with Brighton for him. He's out of contract. Um, two full seasons in the championship with Blackburn and Wigan a couple of years ago. 21 clean sheets to his name. Good experience at this level and available on a free. So, you know, potentially he's, he's one to look at. Uh, Centre-back, um, I don't know if you guys know, but David Alaba is available on a free. But I think he's going to go to Real Madrid instead of Coventry. So uh, instead, <laughs> I'm, I'm look- <laughs> instead I'm I'm kind of looking at players in League One who might want to take the the step up. Looking at the likes of Sam Long at Oxford, you know he's he's 26 years old. Um, you know best years ahead of him. Could play on the right right side of a back three. Primarily plays a right back, but could could move across to to a back three for sure. He's a real technical operator. A really good passer of the ball, which. I think we lacked this year from from our centre halves. We, you know, we built that League One winning campaign on playing out from the back, and and this season I think that sort of fell away at times. Um, another guy at, at Oxford is um, Elliot Moore, another another centre half who who could make the step up. He's a year younger at twenty five, so both those guys are would be available for for small fees. I, I would imagine uh, in midfield. I'm looking at the likes of George Grant at Lincoln. 13 yeah. goals, eight assists this year. Um, generally plays out on the left, but can play through the middle too. Really athletic, good turn of pace, very technical, and always seems to be taking up the right position. Um, so I think that's something different in a, in that attacking third. Is he the one who scored against us in the playoffs? He did score against us yeah. in the playoffs, yeah, for for Notts yeah. Not County. So I think he's a little bit different to what we've got at the club. Mm. Uh, so he he might be worth taking taking a punt on. And then if we're going to look at sort of a loan signing, I think James McAtee from, from Man City's academy. I mean, they've got really, really high hopes for this kid. He's 18 years old. Uh, he's scored eight goals and had nine assists in Premier League two this year. He's a real dynamic attacking midfielder, a bit like sort of built in the, the Foden mould, shall we say, full of technical ability, creative as well. So certainly a player to sort of get you off your seat. I think there'll be plenty of interest in him. Um, I imagine this summer, so we might have to get Pep invited onto to one of your boat trips, Wardy. Get him yeah, tap, exactly. tap him up. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And in strikers, it's it's very difficult um, to to find you know top strikers available for small fees. Uh, there's quite a few out of contract. You look at the likes of Britta Sambalonga, James Collins, Nelson Oliveira, Ashley Fletcher. They're all have championship experience, maybe not as prolific as you would like. Um, maybe bar James Collins, who who seems to find the net all the time. And if you want to look at a sort of a prospect, maybe Liam Delap again, and another one from, from Man City's Academy, who looks a decent prospect. So there are players available, but it's, you know, it's whether we manage to entice them to, to entice them to the club. Yeah. Shame it's not football manager, Dean. It, yeah, it, it is a shame because 
I'd fly straight into the editor, give us, you know, a hundred million and we'd be, we'd be romping the league. There's one name you didn't mention there, uh, Liam Walsh, which obviously everyone broke Twitter with a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was last week. What are your thoughts on him? I would love to see Liam Walsh back at the club. Um, I think he's a, you know, a really tidy player in the middle of the park. Um, I think it all depends on the Hamer situation as well. Because mm. if if there is a someone looking to buy Hamer and we can get a good fee for him, then you know I think Liam Walsh fits into that Hamer mold pretty well. Um, the the question mark for me is Liam Walsh's injury record this season hasn't been good. He hasn't been featured in many Bristol City matchday squads. But then on the opposite side to that, you look at the reaction it, the Bristol City fans had when he was on that retain list of, uh, as part of the, the release group. A lot of them were, you know, were in disagreement with with him being released. So there is potential with Liam Walsh. He, he obviously had a brilliant season in League One. I have no doubt he could step up to the Championship level, but I think wages are going to be a, a sticking issue for him. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. As you will have seen all week on our social media pages, we've been asking for your input on the Sky Blues Extra Awards. We've got five categories to run through. Um, so what, how this is going to run, I'm going to ask the lads for their opinions and thoughts first. And then I'll also read out the thoughts of you, our followers and listeners, and then we'll announce the winner from each category. Um, so the first award of the evening is Young Player of the Season. Uh, Dave, I'll let you kick off with some of the thoughts and some of the nom- nominations for this one. Yeah, Exactly. I mean, we've just got such a young squad, hasn't we? So there's a, a lot of people that qualify for, for it. But, um, you know, there's got to be shouts for some of the really young chaps. You know, Joss Pascas has supported the, the squad where needed and he stepped up at, at times. Um, you know, Anna Rose, he, he hasn't really had the season that he would have liked to have. Um, Josh Eccles, of course, is another, another young player that's that's featured a lot. Um, you know, and one of the youngest, I think we forget his age really, is Sam McCann. I mean, he, you know, he's 20. Um, he, he's, he's a really young lad, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it. I think his performances on the whole were so assured this season that, you, you know, you'd think he's one of the most experienced in, in the dressing room. Um, but, but of course it's, it, you know, for me, it, it's got to be Callow O'Hare. He's, um, he's just had a phenomenal season. He's been absolutely everywhere. He, his work rate has, has at times catapulted the performances forward when, when he's had to, you know, people have had to drag us along. And yeah, I think, I think for me, um, O'Hare has, has, has been has been the standout young young player of this. Dean, who would you go for in this category? Yep, O'Hare for me. I, I think it's really only between him and and Sam McCallum. I don't think Eccles really come into the frame until the end of the season, so not really enough game time for him to be included. But yeah, Cal O'Hare, absolute standout performance this year. Everything you want from a young player: grit, determination, tenacity and a willingness to learn. And I think you've seen his progression throughout the season. Uh, and I think he's got better and better. And, you know, I think we're going to have a, a real problem in over the summer, keeping him keeping him on our books. Mm, yes, yeah, certainly. A um, mixture of opinions from our followers. I'll just read a couple of them out. Sky Blues Hub, our man Glenn uh, there, Glenn Goran Erickson. He goes for Sam McCallum. Um, he said, hardly missed a game since he rejoined us on loan has become a key attacking threat for us. Uh, Maddie goes for Callum O'Hare, pure graft every game. His quality started to shine through more and more as the season went on. City legend in the making. So yeah, the Sky Blues extra young player of the season goes to Callum O'Hare. 
Um, Ross, he's, he's had a great season, hasn't he? Oh, he's been brilliant. He's improved as the season's gone on. He's a real talisman. And I remember when we signed him, I think we were all very excited. But to step up from being predominantly an, an impact sub in League One for us, you know, coming on to change games, he was then starting every game, uh, apart from a handful of sub appearances. And he's been absolutely fantastic, as as Dino and, and, and Dave have touched on. His work rate is second to none. He's so committed. And it's everything that, as, as a supporter, you want to see. And I, I think he will light up the Coventry Building Society Arena next season. I really do. And I, I can't wait to see him hopefully score a few more goals. And I think if he can do that, I actually, I think we'll be okay hanging on to him this season. I think if he can, if he scores a few more goals, I think this time next season, we, we might be having a different conversation. It might be a lot tougher if he can get into double figures, which I think he certainly is yeah. capable of doing. I think, you know, he's had chances, hasn't he, this season? Um, but he's brilliant, brilliant performance and thoroughly deserved uh, to win this award. Yeah, you've really nailed the new stadium name, Ross, which... Uh, He's got it Dave, twice, three I'm, times. I've, yeah, me uh, and Dave are struggling. We're still coming at the Rico all the time. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying. I'm just trying. I sort of, I wake up and I, I, say, I, I say it 10 times in the morning when I wake up, just <laughs> ingrained it and then 10 times before I go to bed. So that's how it's it, it's, it's getting there. But I'm sure on the first day of the season, I'll, I'll call it the Rico. Yeah. I, I think he mark- knows there's, there's a 50p fine for every time you say the word well, I, Rico. I already, owe you, I already owe you a, a few quid to the, our one million pound striker, remember? Yeah. Uh, from the final. I think we're £4.50 in the pot ready. That's it exactly so i'm trying not to have to contribute anymore the marketing people at commentary building society would appreciate it anyway ross yes <laughs> maybe we should uh, get them to sponsor the pod as well you might get um, a mortgage out of it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Finn needs a mortgage i need what i'd need one actually that, that'd be, that would be helpful there you go if you keep saying it i'm sure we can fix me up um our next award is the breakthrough player of the season uh ross i'll let you kick this one off so this is an interesting one because for me <laughs> If it, take away the last sort of half a dozen, 10 games or so, it it had been a difficult one to sort of to, to pick really. Um, but for me, Josh Eccles has been absolutely uh, fantastic since he's come in. Uh, obviously, he went out to Gillingham, didn't he, on loan for the first half of the season. Um, got recalled back and we didn't loan him out again. I think there was a discussions, we had debates whether, whether he would go back out on loan again uh, to get more game time, but he stayed. And of course, then we had our injury problems. Uh, Liam Kelly, we had injuries with Dabo, De Costa had problems. And Eccles found himself playing, uh, starting against Bristol City in what was a huge game, you know, on the Easter Monday following the debacle at Queen's Park Rangers. And I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And from then on to the end of the season, whenever he was called upon, uh, he was fantastic. He, he, he showed great composure. He looked like he developed, you know, from the odd appearance that he'd made in the League One campaign. So to me, Josh Eccles came in and I think showed actually he's got real good potential. And I'm excited to see more of him and hopefully excited to see him in and around the squad more next season. Um, So to me, the Breakthrough Player of the Season award uh, goes to Josh Eccles. Dave, who's your Breakthrough Player of the Season? Yeah, like Ross said, this it, it's can be tough because there's not been that many players that have had a chance to um, break through in, in in this season. But I think again, Josh Pask has just been at times he was called upon. He really did mm. step up, and it and I think it's such a shame that you know he had that 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 awful injury because that 
you know brought a halt to his his performances and I think he would have earned more appearances towards the end once we were we were safe but I agree with Ross as well I think the talent is is there to be seen with Josh Eccles he he's played in a lot of positions this this season um already and and he was capable in in majority of them yeah you know he's got a lot to learn around um the pace of the championship and that will come over time he's a very young lad and he's only been learning his craft in in the under 23s but I thought he looked most assured when he was in the middle of the park he looks comfortable on the ball um you know his positional play in there is a lot better than I think that when he was at right back I think at times he struggled there Mm. but I think in the middle of the park I think he he's confident on the ball he can go past players he's he's strong in the tackle um he's got a lot going for him and I think he's a he's a really really exciting prospect um for, for next season so for me it would be a very very difficult choice between Pask and Eccles but I think Eccles just for me um just just gets it Loads of comments from our followers on the breakthrough player of the season. Um, Christina says Josh Eccles came back at a crucial time, gave his versatility, strength, composure and tenacity. Next season, he could be immense. Tom Sharman, either Eccles or Pask for me. Really impressed with both when they've come onto the pitch. If I had to choose, I'd choose Pask. I think if Eccles gets the game time next season, he'll push on. His vision is great and he looks so confident. Naomi Burke, Josh Eccles came through for us when needed looked assured and unfazed in the first team. Uh, Tommy James said it has to be Eccles, surely. Paga is pushing for the first team next, along with Burroughs and Nugandu. Um, Harry Chatterway, Josh Eccles, shown from the last game, last few games that he can manage himself at this level and can play in more than one position as well. David Hell went for Ben Wilson. Interesting shout there. Obviously, not the youngest player, but you know you would call it a breakthrough season for him having been the number two most of his career. Uh, Chris Franklin said, Eccles looks like a real asset when called upon. If Hamer goes this summer, I'd be looking at Eccles to fill that spot, enabling us to improve the goalkeeper position of defence with some of the income. Um, so the Sky Blues extra breakthrough player of the season goes to Josh Eccles. Um, Dean, how excited are you to see how he pushes on for next season? Oh, massively. Um, I, I, he's definitely going to be in and amongst the, the first team squad next year. Um, his performances, like the guys have said, have certainly got himself into the manager's plans. Um, and you look at the, you only have to look at the comments Mark Robbins has said, you know, about Josh postseason. That you know he's always talking about his composure and his technical ability, the two key assets that you need in the middle of the park. So yeah, he's definitely going to be in the plans. Of, I think those performances when he when he came back to us at, towards the end of the season were superb. I mean, two of them were, were not even in his natural position. Yeah, so yeah. that shows what ability he's got. He's composed. And that's the big thing for me. All the best players have that in their, in their locker in this division. And he seems very confident, doesn't he, as well, both both on and off the ball, picking up some really, really good positions, which I alluded to after that QPR game. I know we were 3-0 down, but and he only came on for 12 minutes, but he was our best player in those 12 yeah, minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think next season he'll he'll have some opportunities and I'm really, really excited to see, see him take those next year. Yeah. Our next award is goal of the season. Uh, Dean, talk us through some of the contenders for this one. Yeah. Um, Hamer's fantastic instinctive header from outside the box versus Watford. Not your conventional I mean, goal of the season uh, nomination, is it? <laughs> no, I would say Weird goal, but... Yeah. I mean, the more that goal's talked about, the further it back it gets, doesn't it? You know, it'll be an hour <laughs> and a half soon enough, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, that same game, there was a, another brilliant finish on the half volley from Walker. Mm, 
yeah. after great work from, from Hamer and Biami and that. You've got McCallum's long-range effort versus Reading. Shipley had a couple of lo- lovely one-touch finishes. Who can forget Hyam's half-volley rocket a few yeah. weeks ago versus Barnsley. And even Liam Kelly struck from distance. So <laughs> a range of goals to, to suit everybody's tastes. Who would you go for, Dean, if you had to pick one? I, I honestly think that that Walker half volley. You really like that one, don't you? At, so it's such a special <laughs> goal, a team goal as well. You know, we broke yeah. up the players. They were attacking. Hamer's ball over the top was wonderful. Biamu's lovely flick down. And the half volley, just crisp, uh, beautiful, beautifully struck. Great yeah. goal. One of the best goals I've seen for a few years, the Sky Blues. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a good goal. Well, I'll steady on. I mean, Biamu's scored a few worldies, hasn't mm-hmm. he? But... Not, not so much. Different season. types of goals, though, aren't they? Yeah, no, no I know, I know that's, what you mean. That's that's, the thing. Yeah, a slightly di- you enjoy it in a slightly different way. I the love to- of, total football. Yeah, the build up to it. Yeah, I mean, I think Biarmi's away at Peterborough is one of the best I've seen. But yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, Ross, what was your favourite strike this season? I mean, again, as Dina says, there was some very good goals for me. I, I, I have to give it to Hamer's header against uh, Watford in that game because. You know, when you hear it sort of described or you describe it to people, you know, a 25 yard, you, know, you expect free kick or volley and you hear it header and then you see it and he started it with a free kick, didn't he? And to sort of run on and it was just, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it really. And, you know, it was just a, it got us back in the game at the time and it, it was a brilliant, brilliant header. It was just, I thought it caught everyone off by surprise. And as I say, for its sort of uniqueness, really, um, yeah, you know, from how far out he was, it it was, it's something that when you're watching it, you're expecting him to, I guess, sort of run on and, and smash it with his right foot, you know, volley it, and he sort of runs on and it just heads. Or even it. just get it back in the mixer. Yes, you know? exactly. It was well, the last who knows thing. If he was trying to do that. Well, yeah, I'll give him credit and say that he saw that um, Ben Foster was sort of you know edging off his line, but I think Ben, that's that's what caught Ben Foster off guard. I think he was expecting it to be just sort of cushioned back in the mix, and he you know, I'll give him credit and he saw him and, and got it in. So it was brilliant. That That's the goal I'd go for. Yeah, it was enjoyable watching it back on Ben Foster's YouTube channel. Afterwards it, well, ex- well. Exa- exactly. Added and a bit to it as well. Exactly. And then the reverse game, he was like, that's the little guy who lobbed yeah. me from 25 <laughs> yeah, yards. That was, that was funny. That was funny. Um, so when we put this out, we were inundated with gifts initially. Uh, so thanks to Skyview's Hub and Steve Jones, who posted a gif of the, the Watford uh, Hamer goal. Um, a few others, Naomi Burke, O'Hare versus QPR. That sexy little flick before the volley gets me every time. Steady on Naomi, as we've had to say a few times on the pod this season. I, that, um, I forgot about that goal, actually. That that, that was yeah. an amazing little... Um, Underrated, to get, that one. Yeah, to get the ball under control because the ball was behind him. Yeah, that was a that was a brilliant goal. Yeah. Again, yeah, I feel like that QPR game was so long ago. People forget about it. Um, Frank said, Hamer's header for me. Joey Brannigan has to be Hamer's header though I was also a big fan of Kelly's first goal away at Wickham. Uh, Davith says, Hamer's header against Watford, um, a deliberate piece of individual brilliance. So the winner of the Sky Blues extra goal of the season is Hamer's header away at Watford. Um, Dave, maybe not the best of seasons for great goals compared to others, but it was a special, special strike, wasn't it? Alexa, show me the definition of Brazilian flair. I oh, know you've got to set my Alexa off. Yeah, you've ruined the pod now. Oh, mate. All no. the Alexas are going off. 
but yeah seriously seriously just that is that was it it just i think it just showed you who you know what type of player he is the the way he plays he's so nonchalant isn't he and at times i know it's got him in trouble but also at times it's just been a joy to watch someone just going about their football and that was no different what what a you know in unique like ross said and improvisation and everything just um rolled into one uh, fantastic to see yeah brilliant brilliant goal um, our next award is game of the season. Um, some very memorable games this season. So this this could be a tough category. Um, Dave, kick us off on this one. What are some of your some of your good memories this season? Yeah, I mean, there's been some fantastic results, especially on Sky. Um, you know, you look back at the Reading, what what an evening that was, um, and also QPR, and of course six one last game of the season when you know you're safe. That's uh, that's huge. But for me you know, running out to, to Rotherham and, and beating them in the game that we just had to win. It was it was a game that was a, a must not lose, I suppose, but also felt that we needed to win it. And there was just no signs of nerves there. We came out the traps. We did everything right on that night and, um, you know, deserved and, and got the win. And I think after that, it, it kind of put everyone at ease a little bit more. And I think for me, that was for nerves, excitement, build yeah. up, um, and what it actually meant for, for possibly for the Sky Blue season at the time of what it felt was was that Rotherham game. And that mm. would be the, the game of the season for me. Dean, what were your favourite games or game this season? Um, I'm going to go for the 2-0 the win versus Brentford. I've, I think that was a game that no one really expected us to win. But that was a brilliant performance. Um, I think straight from the off, we were, we were at it. The high press, the closing down, brave, you know, in the kit. Yeah, just a special day. Um, it was a perfect team performance, if I'm, if I'm perfectly honest. And I wish we'd done that more this year. I know it's very hard to maintain that level for a 46-game season. Of course it is. But I think we, we showed that in a couple of games this season. We, if we had that intensity and we were brave, um, in possession, then you know we could cause teams a lot, lots of problems, and and, and we did in, in this game. We created some really, really good chances. And okay, Brentford might have been off the pace slightly, but the stats still show that they had chances and a lot of the ball um, as well. So you know that was that was a really, really big game. It was at a crucial time. You know, a lot of fans were starting to fear the worst as well. We were on a five-game winless streak at the time and, and we were obviously starting to get put into that relegation mix. And, you know, the confidence the team could draw from from that later in the campaign against the promotion-chasing side. Um, and don't forget, Brentford were in second place at the time and closing the gap to, to Norwich. So a huge scalp and, and a huge performance. Tons of uh, follower comments on this one. Um, Tom Upton said 2-0 against Brentford was amazing. All the three two against QPR. What a game that was! Charlie Giles beating QPR for our first win back in the championship, and the fact I've got a, the match ball from the game. Don't know how he's managed hey? to nab that, but but fair play. Um, was he a steward? Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, he says a ball from the game as well. Of course, they would have been using multiple balls then, um, or in multiple games. It might be from a different game. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, Sky Blue Hub beating QPR 3-2 first game showed that we could perform at this championship level Danny White cheers for your contributions this season Danny um, he said last game 6-1 best performance of the season in my opinion Mike Seaton said beating top of the table Reading 3-2 on telly or the Rotherham game Nami Burke last game 6-1 left me wanting more on a high, on a high at the end of the season 
my voice still isn't properly back from screaming at every goal going in. I think we all we all feel the same there. Josh Owen, again, cheers for your contributions, Josh, on the on the Skyviews Extra Live all season. Um, beating Rotherham 1-0, the stakes for that match were huge. It was great that we rose to the occasion. Plus, we had the legendary Ostergaard celebration. I was going to say, if we did have a category for best celebration, then Ostergaard would probably be right up there for that. Um, Chicago Phil. Um, he said, slightly odd choice, but the first game, the 2-1 loss to Bristol City, after a summer of planning and hoping, etc., it's great to see us back in the championship level. And even though we lost, I felt I saw enough to think overall we'd be okay, as it proved out. Eddie said, first win of the season, 3-2 versus QPR. The feeling from that was immense. Uh, Davis said, 3-1 win against Bristol City towards the end of the season. I believe that gave the boys the belief that they could stay up. Final one here from Luke Clark. He said the Brentford win at home was a massive result for me. Almost perfect team performance, a massive psychological boost defeating a team of that stature. Um, so it's a tough one. There's a, a lot of opinion here. I think we're going to give the casting vote to Josh Owen um, and, and go with the, the Rotherham 1-0 away away from home. So yeah, the, the game of the season is, uh, is Rotherham away. Um, but yeah, Ross, lots of memorable games, but it was a big turning point, wasn't it, that Rotherham game? Oh, it, it was huge, wasn't it? I mean, if we'd lost that game, we would we'd have dropped into the bottom three. And I think with obviously the the games in hand uh, that Rotherham had at that stage, and the pressure was on. And I just felt like I thought the way we played, it wasn't just the fact that we won the game. I thought we we played ever so well. You know, the fact that their manager said that we thoroughly deserved to win. It should have been two or three at half time. Uh, didn't take our chances. Yeah, the story of the season. But we we got the goal and. What impressed me the most about that game was the fact that other games earlier in the season where there wasn't that pressure, we were very passive and, yeah. and, we, and we lost games or we, we drew games nil-nil. This game, the pressure was on. Like the, if, there, if there was one game in the season, the players could have hid, you know, it, it was it was sort of this game really, but they, all of them just just grew. And I saw performances from players and you're thinking, well, if, that, if we'd played like that, even for even a little bit more of the season, We'd have been like Mark Robbins had alluded to just a couple of games prior to that. We 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 would have been mid-table, mm. and it was a massive game. And I think it it just it it was much of a sucker punch to Rotherham as it was, you know, a huge boost for us. But yeah, I I agree. It was a brilliant game, a brilliant result, and it it really allowed us to kick on. Yeah. Our next and final award of the evening is Player of the Season. Um, Ross, I'll let you our first pick here. Who would be your star man for the Sky Blues this season? So again, there's been some really good performances. I'd, I'd give a shout out to Liam Kelly. When I think of player of the season, I think, you know, who a player who, when they're in the team, we are considerably better than when they're not. And obviously Liam Kelly has to get a, a huge honourable mention, but obviously he has had his injury troubles, which then leads me to my pick is Callum O'Hare again. I, I think he just, he's played so many games. He's never faltered. I mean, you look at the stats in the whole of the championship, the most fouled, he's won the most 50-50s. You know, it's not just like he does the, the the pretty stuff going forward. You know, he he works so hard defensively. I think he's been vital for us. Um, he's got uh, eight assists, but there's also been goals where he's, if you remember the Birmingham away game, where he somehow kept that ball in and mm, then laid it yeah. off and then Sheaf laid it off to Hamer. So he's done things like that, which he doesn't necessarily get the credit for, but there were huge moments and he's improved and when he's not in the team, we're a lot worse for it. So my vote goes to Callum O'Hare for a, a fantastic first season in the championship. Yeah, brilliant. Dean, 
who's your star man this season? Yeah, O'Hare again. It's just a, a, a brilliant season. I mean, it says a lot when he's been involved in every single match. You know, it takes a lot of effort to do that. Uh, the fitness levels are obviously through the roof. Okay, there's a question mark over his goal scoring ability, but I'm I'm sure that will come in time. He's still only young, don't forget that. And he's a valuable asset now um, to this team. I mean, Ross alluded to it there about the stats being fouled the most. You, you know, you, you don't know how much pressure that takes off the rest of the team as well. You know, it allows us to get up the pitch into that attacking third. So um, there's so there's so many plus points to his game. I mean, we could spend a whole podcast on, on yeah. Callum O'Hare if I'm, if I'm perfectly honest. But well, fantastic he will if he comes on at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hopefully. <laughs> um, again, another one, another invite for the for the boat trip. Um, as long as there's there's free drink, I'm Making sure a lot he'll, of promises there, Dean. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be interested. At least sucking up the value of the tickets, though. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you making any money on those? Um, but yeah, great. Yeah, just a brilliant a brilliant season. Um, and you know. You're just hoping he can continue in, in that 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 vein next year um as well. So yeah, fair fair play to Callum. Absolutely tons of follower comments on our player of the season award. Uh Sky Blue Hub says Sam McCallum hardly missed a game for us when he came back. His form for the last six games was brilliant. He became a key attacking component with his long throws and set pieces. That's something that, you know, we probably haven't mentioned that as much on the pod, but the uh the long throws from Sam McCallum, that's been a brilliant asset this season, hasn't it, lads? Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's just... Yeah, <laughs> I was it, waiting for someone to answer. <laughs> they all speak at once, lads. But, but no, it, it's absolutely true because I think McCallum, because he's so majority of this season, he's gone under the radar a little bit because he just does a job. We've said that about players like you know Liam Kelly and in, in the past and um, it, the same but I, I think McCallum yeah long throws have been huge haven't they they've put so much yeah. pressure on on teams and we've said it once or twice but I, I couldn't understand why we didn't get him running across and taking him on the right as well because they're such yeah. an asset and, and they're very very dangerous mm. I didn't think we utilised them enough though when did it start when was the first game because I was trying to remember this like when did it suddenly become early, a, a weapon because I don't remember it really early on, or maybe so he did have it in our league one season at times, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he did, he did utilize it, but just it just wasn't, wasn't as effective, effective until suddenly in that yeah. relegation running, suddenly it was like wow, every throw in it, it almost seemed sort of deliberate. He, you know, here he is. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't notice it at the start of the season, but yeah, it was it was very important. Yeah, it's great with Ostergaard, you know, getting on the end of them, wasn't it? Um, more of the follower comments here. Uh, Magsy says Callum for player of the season. His work rate covering every blade of grass. Every game we've played made him stand out for player of the year. Um, Dave said O'Hare, our best player by a mile. Very lucky to, to have him. Callan says Leo because of his passion and desire for the club. And he was a warrior. And he's unreal on aerial duels. Never hardly lost a header this season. Luke Spud said Leo Ostergaard. Stuart Elson, uh, Callum O'Hare and Leo Ostergaard immense. Matty James and Liam Kelly, sheer professionalism. How do you split them? That's another good shout there. I suppose Matty James for his second half of the season is a, is a strong contender as well. Um, Frank says Callum for giving everything he can on every minute on the pitch. Joint second place to Matty for the second half of the season and Gus for the first half. All three very clever players trying to make things happen for the team. Uh, Lewis Jones said Callow Hair, closely followed by Leo Ostergaard. Uh, Michael said Kelly, I think would have gone down without him. Uh, Ian Davidson, Callum over the whole season. Hamer had a good first half of the season. 
Oscar had a great second half. Uh, Mark Smith, again, Mark, thanks for your contributions on the Skyview's Extra podcast and, and live. Um, Oscar and O'Hare both had superb seasons. I'll just read a couple more. Mike Smith said Liam Kelly only ever seemed to win when he was on the pitch. And Adam Hooper said, give it to Leo. He's been a strong leader at the back, fought for every ball and got one of the most important goals of the season. Um, so tons of uh, opinion there from our followers. But the winner, the Sky Blues Extra player of the season goes to Callum O'Hare. Um, a worthy winner, Dave. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it couldn't have been no other, could it, really? There's been some fantastic performances and, you know, we've mentioned all of those players. And, yeah, Matty James, if he was there all season, I think he would have been well up there. But Callum O'Hare never stops running, um, puts teams under pressure in, in sort of the 85th, 90th minute. We've seen it when he nicked someone away and got, you know, people sent off because he's just, you know, go it'll go through a wall for you. And let's not forget how many goals he's created. And the ones that he scored, you know, we forgot about that QPR one, like we said, took that really well. And and also the goal against Millwall, we think he took that that also very, very well. So, it, but he's just an all-round player, isn't he? He's, he's provided the, 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 the fouls, like we've said, he, it must be so frustrating as a player, really, to just keep getting brought down when you're on the, you know, the cup of, of breaking into the final third. So, I think it's been it's been almost a flawless performance this season, and especially when you think about age, um, where he was uh, playing his football the season before in 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 you know with us, and before that in Villa Academy, and I just think it's just a really really good news story and and it Mm. just goes to show Mark Robbins you know again he's picked up this this lad from the Villa Academy we've got him he's he's shown what he can do in in League One but he he just he just seems goes from strength to strength and yeah we spoke about how how, what a valuable asset he is on the pitch Um, you know with a club like Coventry City we, we do have to make our own finances by moving players on I'd hate to see that happen especially this season but you know regardless of when that does he's going to be some serious, you know, purchase because he's proven it now, Mm. you know, the second tier of English football. And, and that's, you know, that's not, not easy to go and find those players in those positions. And um, he's a really exciting prospect for for us again next season. And, um, you know, so he's boosted his value this season for for sure. You know, he's worth a, worth a fair, fair whack now. Yeah. He could be some serious player next year if he, if he adds a few more goals and, we certainly look forward to, to seeing him run out at the Coventry, oh, I can't even say it myself now, the Coventry Building Society Arena. So I've not I've not quite practiced it as much as Ross. Um, so yeah, congratulations to all of the Skybreeze Extra award winners, all very well deserved. So that's it, lads. Another season over. Um, Ross, I know we talked a bit at the start of the pod around expectations for the season. How would you kind of, I guess, sum, sum up the season? Oh, uh, fantastic. Better than I could have imagined, really. I mean, we would have all took 21st. Um, so, so to finish 16th, to finish with the second best form in the league, you know, from the last sort of six games, it was brilliant. Of course, there was hairy moments, but it was one of those that I, I sort of had to think, well, if we are going to finish 21st, there's obviously going to be defeats along the way and, and bumps along the road. But huge credit to the players, huge credit to Mark Robbins and the staff. I think the job he's done can't be overstated uh, i think it's been absolutely fantastic he said it himself 
it was his biggest achievement and it you know sort of dwarfs the the, the league one winning season in, in many ways because of the the step up in level the step up in finances that we're competing with and again our football sort of did the talking we had to adjust things along the way we had to learn there were bumps in the road qpr away being the biggest one me and dino uh, uh, you know after the game it wasn't uh we were done ross we, we, we were, we done. were you had we steam were, coming out your ears ross uh, it's only just cooled down i think <laughs> no it's uh it was look, that, that was the worst one but we 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 responded and and that was the biggest that's why i'm so proud of this team because you know they had it all you know they had a meeting then they had a team meeting and i think everyone knew that sort of wasn't acceptable at that point you know before that game we'd sort of been bubbling along reasonably nicely hadn't been in the bottom three apart from a couple of days early on and we've learned and we've grown and I think what's exciting is there's a lot of players Calum O'Hare you know he's won a lot of awards and a lot of praise thoroughly deserved him Michael Rose Dabo there's a lot of players who I think will be so much better for this experience and I'm excited to see them at the Contributing Society Arena next season <laughs> Dave anything to add to that? Um, quite difficult to Ross has summed it up yeah, perfectly it's I think nailed, he's nailed it there hasn't he you know what What I would say is when you talk about a season the season isn't just the, the football that's played on the pitch and I think there's got to be massive hats off to what we did in the summer in terms of transfers um, with the club behind the scenes um, how difficult it was to actually get going this season with very little playing time little time on the training pitch um you know we heard after we won the league that it was you know the, the team the team weren't playing together for a long period of time a big big wait as well for that first whistle to go whereas other teams didn't have as long um away from football and then you talk about the success of season tickets um in a season where you can't physically sell season tickets coventry city managed to do that and the shirt was an absolutely lovely nod um to to the fans and the supporters that provided you know really important money in in a season that could have been make or break yes we we had a you know growth in finances from going up the the leagues and and you know winning league one and the money that comes from tv revenues but without fans in there each week every week and you know we know players you know sorry fans buy more kits when they're able to go and stuff like that but you know the kits has been phenomenal as well so I think behind the scenes has been a really really good job on on transfer but also the commercial side of it but you know the playing side of it equaled that didn't it it was it was Mm. at times very very difficult but I think really we showed that we belong in this league we've shown at times that we're capable of beating the very best in this league Um, and I think you know, what Ross said was absolutely spot on. There's a lot of players that have come through this gruelling season without the support of fans, with a relentless calendar of games getting cancelled at times for for COVID. And uh, I just think that they'll be all the better for it next season. And there's been some really, really, you know, important um, education this season and um, some fantastic performances. And it it couldn't have gone any better, really, um, when you first look at it. And I think, you know, next season's going to be hopefully even better any final thoughts from you Dino yeah just in a, in a season that was like no other the task was to survive and and we did it comfortably um you know we've got lots to look forward to been the first time in a long time you know the future looks bright at Coventry City we're returning home to the city and the CBS arena actually attending games in person of course, we still need to manage expectations. Um, the the task next year will be to survive again, of course. And there's a lot of big clubs in this division. And we've got another three joining us from, from the Premier League with, with all their riches, of course. 
courtesy of the, of the parachute payments. But I don't think those three will be as strong as the three that came down this year. Mm, um, money for us will, again, will obviously be tight. We've, we've heard that, but, but let's just trust the process. Enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Get behind the team. Get behind the management. Back them 100%. And on, honestly, I can't wait for it all to go again. Yeah, absolutely. Bring it on. Um, that's all we've got time for this evening. Lads, thanks very much for joining me and giving up some of your time away from watching the Championship playoffs. Uh, thanks to all of our followers and listeners for all your support and contribution this season. None of this would be possible without you. And do keep your eyes peeled for some very special guest pods coming out over the next few weeks and across the summer. And we will be back in August with the weekly pods and, of course, the match day lives. And as always, you can get involved in the conversation with anything we've discussed. All you need to do is use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.